When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex cannon Formula One is back in action this weekend with the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix finally getting underway eight months after its initial date on the calendar passed by during the opening phase of the COVID pandemic. The pre-event media day took place today at the Sakia track with the biggest talking points coming out of the paddock for topics for our latest Bite Size podcast. So, joining me on the podcast tonight to discuss those topics and more is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith. How are you, Luke? Doing good, thank you, Alex. Yeah, a bit strange not to be uh, on site after doing the last few races. And uh, yeah, it's sort of quite interesting getting used to the, the, the night race timings as well when you're back in the UK and everything's just that little bit later. So it does throw you off a little bit. But um, yeah, all going good. I, I believe it's your first night race, isn't it, as well? It is, yeah. It's. Uh, it, I was going to say just very quickly. It's, it's strange not having you on the road with me. It's. A, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of a different, different way of working. I'm. Uh, I'm sort of partnered with our, our photography colleagues at LAT at Motorsport Images uh, for this one. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, as I was saying, I've, I sort of haven't really adjusted yet to the sort of night race schedule because obviously we're getting set up today in the media center and everything sort of it works as normal but everything's just that little bit later but uh, mm. but yeah it's gonna be interesting when it starts to get dark and and there's still cars going still cars going around and the knock-on effects that has obviously uh we might might have experienced that a little bit in melbourne because everything takes uh takes so late at the beginning of the year but then mm. we never got around to it so it got cancelled uh which is a big shame but uh so all good all good so far i would say yeah. Um, well, let's go, let's move on to our first uh, first topic for tonight. Um, just oh, just very quickly, how the how the the, the latest uh, the latest bad news ultimately, uh, which is down at Red Bull, in that uh, team manager Jonathan Wheatley tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, what were the what were the team saying about that today, and and and, and what do we know about how Jonathan is? 
Uh, yeah, so the good news is that Jonathan is uh, feeling feeling fine. He's uh, not showing too strong of symptoms. So uh, he was the news was put out by Red Bull this morning that he had tested positive and would was self isolating and would be missing the race. Uh, I got in touch with Red Bull to ask about that. Uh, apparently, it was last week that he had the test and that it came back positive. Uh, he's since tested negative for COVID, so that is a, a good sign. Obviously, he's still adhering to the the isolation guidelines uh, as are required. Uh, but there's a chance he might be back even for the next week against race in Bahrain uh, if not probably back for the season finale in Abu Dhabi so uh, yeah good news is that he's doing well obviously the latest sort of senior F1 figure two test positive after uh, Simon Roberts at Williams and uh, Pirelli's Mario Isola in recent weeks but uh, yeah the good news is that he's, he's feeling okay and uh, will hopefully be uh, back in the paddock very soon absolutely and we uh, we wish him well and hope he recovers okay um well Luke, let's go on to um it's sort of a regular update we do on this thursday podcast about sergio perez and his 2021 <laughs> plans what was what was he saying today during the racing point uh the racing point media session uh, and what's the latest on the possibility of him going to red bull next year so yeah, that's really now his only option. I think he's he's admitted that as well now. He said today that he's really only got one out left and that is Red Bull. Uh, the team obviously is known to be considering Alexander Albon's future. It's made very clear that if it were to drop Albon, then it would look to uh, a driver outside its own driver pool to replace him. So that does point to either Sergio Perez or Nico Hulkenberg potentially. Hulkenberg uh, recently said that it gone very, very quiet in terms of talks with Red Bull or anything on that front. So that does really point to Perez being sort of the, the only candidate it really you could replace Albon for next year but uh, yeah Checo was probably the strongest he's been today about it he said that really Red Bull is his only opportunity and that if he weren't to get that seat for next season then he would likely take a sabbatical and just take a year out of racing uh, didn't sort of say about any other series or anything like that he said that he's uh, maybe sort of enjoy some of the other things in life and uh, be able to spend more time with his kids with his family uh, look at some business ventures and things such as that so uh, yeah sort of I think probably the most uh, the most content he's been about his future really because it's it's been a lot of uncertainty, I think, in terms of could it be Williams, could it be Red Bull? But now he's kind of made it clear that really it's it's Red Bull or a sabbatical. That's what's going to happen for next year. And I guess, uh, yeah, the ball is now firmly in Red Bull's court to decide what they want to do with Albon and, uh, yeah, whether Perez could be a replacement for him. But if not, then it's likely that Checo, who's been a really strong performer right the way through this season, obviously that brilliant podium in Turkey, uh, but will be spending a year on the sidelines completely. And what's the latest coming out of Red Bull? We're sort of Albon suggesting that he's got, you know, he's got until the end of the year to prove he's got what it takes to keep hold of his seat. Yeah, that's what they're, they're saying. So obviously the two big things Red Bull are trying to work out at the moment are their driver lineup for next year and also their engine supply deal beyond 2021, uh, after which point Honda will go. And the kind of the impression is that really they're more worried about the Honda situation and, and what they're going to do with their engines than they are on the driver front. Uh, they uh, said a couple of weeks back that they wanted a decision on what would be happening with a potential engine freeze that they want so they could continue to use those Honda power units after 2021. Uh, they said they wanted that decision by the end of the month. Uh, but with the well, on the driver front, Christian Horner said that they've got time basically because the rest of the market is so confirmed and sewn up basically it's, it gives Red Bull the chance that they've got no rush. Like, there's no chance that Perez is going to be snapped up by anybody else. So, really, they don't need to rush into a decision and then give Albon sort of the fullness of time to see what he's going to do in these final three races and try and stake a claim for that seat. And, uh, obviously, Haas is the other sort of, like, team that hasn't really committed to its drivers for next year. Uh, Gunter Steiner, at the beginning of the press session today, he went, I want to start and I want to say something. And he said, we'll be making an announcement soon. But he said, I don't want any more questions about it because there's nothing more I can say. So, uh, yeah, I think Haas, 
we we kind of know what way that's going. Obviously, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, they are widely expected to get those seats. So you'd anticipate that is who the announcement will be about. Uh, but yeah, that means that ultimately Red Bull has got all the time in the world, basically, to give Albon these final three races, uh, give him a real shot at trying to stake a claim for that seat and uh, prove why it should be him and not Sergio Perez who races for that team next year. Indeed, and I would suggest quite heavily that it's quite likely they'll be we'll know what's happening at Haas say this time next week or by this time next week when we're doing this podcast <laughs> next week for the the, the second Bahrain race uh well, we will say no more than that rather cryptically uh, but it's essentially just just sticking at Haas there is uh, there is speculation about the futures of one of their current drivers Kevin Magnussen our colleague uh, David Malsha Lopez over at motorsport.com reporting that he's uh, he's quite likely to switch to the IMSA sports car championship in the USA to drive for, for Chip Ganassi's squad in that championship he was uh, remaining quite coy Magnussen on 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 whether you know his future was confirmed he was saying I, I haven't committed to anything uh, but yeah that's what that's what autosport and motorsport.com understands is going to happen happen with him also Roman Grosjean as well saying you know I haven't I haven't got anything to announce at the moment in terms of my future but hopefully I will be able to announce something soon probably Peugeot hypercars in the WEC most likely for him because there are no there are no seats left in Formula E and you know I, I still think it was it was fairly unlikely that you know the days of Formula One drivers just being like oh I'm, I'm out of Formula One I'll rock up in Formula E do seem to be over uh, but yeah. let's let's stay with Roman Grosjean because it was really interesting I was in that uh, in that press session and and, and you, you you were obviously speaking to, to Gunther Steiner earlier Luke and, and in that session he'd sort of said Grosjean or uh, Grosjean was, has been quite difficult to manage on occasion despite the fact that he has been you know a good asset to the Haas squad and Grosjean uh, Grosjean was sort of uh, hit back rather it, it shows that the, the gloves are kind of off now that the relationship's officially coming to an end basically I believe the uh, you may be able to, to correct me if I'm wrong Luke but I think the term is throwing some shade back at Haas with his Ooh, response. Oh, yes. Look at you, Alex. Thank you. I'm a young, apparently I'm a, I'm a young person. You are. Well done. Um, yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. Uh, uh, Roman sort of suggested that uh, he maybe is tough to manage, but he said, but who isn't? Like All drivers have their moments, of course, but he's ultimately brought a lot to the team. And uh, yeah, he did throw a bit of shade saying, well, other people have managed me okay. They've managed all right. So it was, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of a, a dig at Gunter Steiner and the Haas team. And I do really like it when you have drivers sort of coming to the end of a relationship with a team and they just sort of, they just don't care anymore. Like, obviously, they're, they're not saying anything to try and, like, save their future or try and, like, commit to get to another team for next season or anything like that. So they can kind of say what they want. And I think it was similar in uh, 2016, I believe, when uh, Kevin Magnussen, who's always quite a forthright kind of guy and he he was on his way out of Renault and had already sort of like had a deal with Haas about to be announced and uh, Renault were kind of going around with this seat trying to sort of like say well who could we sign obviously they wanted Magnussen I think they want for Romain Grosjean as well and Kevin Magnussen said yeah I think they were going around to everyone including the Pope and trying to give them this seat and remember Cyril Abitbull was really really unimpressed by it but Magnussen was kind of like look I'm on my way out so what does it matter and uh, yeah I think it's similar with Roman. like he can kind of be a little bit cheeky a little bit uh, have this kind of snark thrown around which is uh, it makes our jobs great like because we love talking to drivers when they can be like that and get rid of all the PR surround and everything and just just be very honest and say look this is how it is and uh, yeah hopefully we can uh, bring a bit more of that out of Roman. and I've got an interview with him in Abu Dhabi so by then I'm sure he'll be in full sort of like uh, no, no, no cares given to put it politely Oh, yes, yes. Well, I, I was I was thinking you were going to say something completely much more rude of early, uh, but well saved. Yes, I think the gloves will certainly be off by by that stage. Um, Luke, let's move on to Ferrari. Uh, Charles Leclerc, what was he? How was his response to the sort of the very very end of the race in Turkey, which was a brilliant drive from him? He 
just sort of just just took the, the gloss off it by making a mistake. It was weird actually because it, it looked on it looked on TV at first glance like he was attacking Perez. He was actually defending against him because he got by at the previous corner, but the Ferrari is so slow on the straights. Perez had come straight back by him, even though Leclerc had DRS. Um, and he was absolutely furious with himself. Uh, an amazing sort of team radio rant about himself to himself, really. His engineer going, uh, and radio off at one point uh, to Leclerc, which I thought was quite amusing. But yeah, what was his response today about that uh, about that incident? Yeah, he held his hands up about it. And he said that, uh, as, as you say, he was very, very hard on himself. And I think that's been a hallmark, really, of Charles Leclerc's whole f1 career like he's always very very tough on himself very vocal in his self-criticism and that's kind of just how he's always dealt with things but uh yeah he spoke about it today and he said really it comes down to two factors he said there's not really a lot of point talking to to vettel about it or dwelling on sort of the experience that uh perez and vettel have that was suggested when he was asked about it whether that might have been a deciding factor and he said really it came down to a that i was too optimistic uh under braking that just missed the breaking point by a little bit but obviously it was so so slippery and the track conditions was so tough that even just missing it by a very minor fraction that resulted in obviously him running wide and losing both positions and he said the other thing was that his car was very dirty that his mirrors were so sort of like filled with muck that he couldn't really see what was going on around him so he didn't really know where Perez and Vettel were he wasn't really sure 100% where to position his car and obviously when you're trying to defend from what is ultimately a faster car trying to um, pass you on the straight very very difficult so he said it was sort of those two things really in tandem but uh yeah he said that he's he's going to learn from it and that's what i think leclerc has always done throughout his career i think when he he came into f1 and uh i think about his uh, period with ferrari last year and it was qualifying that always let him down he'd be brilliant in q1 and q2 but the amount of lap time he would gain between q1 and q3 was minor like he would be sort of like 100 percent right from the beginning and there'd be no build-up and he kind of learned, like, okay, that's not the way to do things. I've got to go in slow and just sort of build things up, basically. And uh, then, obviously, went on that brilliant sort of streak of, of uh, qualifying victories over Sebastian Vettel, ended the year with, I believe, seven pole positions, and was in fantastic form. So it's, it's that kind of sort of adaptability, and that way he learns from his mistakes that I think is uh, a real strength of Leclerc's. And I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a similar thing here, that it'll have annoyed him no end to have lost that podium, as, as we heard over the radio. He's probably still a little bit bitter about it, but... Uh, he'll learn from it he'll come back stronger and uh yeah i think he'll only be better for it in the end absolutely absolutely it's interesting you mentioned the the the, the grime that was on all the cars at the end of that race in turkey it really showed up sort of the aero the way the aero is working around the car and actually the mercedes with the sort of black arrows uh color scheme for this year the way it was sort of showing up made them almost appear back to silver again if you look at certain (laughs) photographs which i thought was quite interesting uh but yeah let's move on to mercedes now obviously the title is uh is done and dusted but both lewis hamilton and valtteri bottas are, are back here and expecting to duke it out again for victory should be back to sort of normal for Mercedes after it had a sort of even though Hamilton won in Turkey it was definitely a an off weekend for the for the team as a whole because of the way it didn't really sort of get to grips quite quite literally in fact uh with the with the, with the surface that they they rocked up and found uh, uh that had been relayed ahead of the race at Istanbul um it was interesting listening listening to them both in their in their press conference you know someone asked Hamilton like you know why do you care so much about winning the last three races and his response was just like well it's in my DNA it's just what I'm here I'm, I'm at an F1 race I want to win it and Bottas much the same I think do you do, I think do you do, do you think Luke that perhaps Bottas is already thinking about 2021 and, and now is the chance to lay an early marker like Nico Rosberg did or is that not quite how Bottas approaches such things um 
I think he has to really. Like I think you have to look at these first three races as a, a chance to build some momentum to go into the winter. And I think that, as you say, sort of that's something that did serve Nico Rosberg so well at the back end of 2015, and uh, that he went into 2016 on the front foot and won the opening four races of that season. So it was what seven in a row in total, and was and like that really was sort of a big sort of bit of momentum to build up. But I think that was combined also with Lewis Hamilton let's say enjoying his title victory a little bit more than perhaps he should have and it's something that I think Lewis will have learned off learned from as well and uh, him saying yeah, he's he's wired I believe was the exact word he used to win these final three races and I think that just shows what where Lewis is at like he wants to just continue this streak of wins and, and try and end the season in fashion and he's he's done that the last couple of years when he traditionally sort of had this like after the title was won this dip in form that's that's been absent the last couple of years so I think that uh, yeah I do think he's really going to be strong but I think for Bottas yeah he's got to just try and build some momentum I think he's uh, he spoke at the start of the season I'm sure it's something that we'd be dug up many many a time to say oh look he's failed again but he spoke about sort of like trying things a little bit different and about sort of having a secret plan to try and beat Lewis Hamilton and uh, yeah now really is the time to start thinking okay well in 2021 what do I want to do how on earth am I going to beat statistically the greatest driver of all time in the same car it's the toughest job in F1 but he's sort of got three freebie races now to maybe try some new things maybe try a little bit of a different approach in places and just see how it goes and because there's nothing to lose I think that really second in the championship I mean that'll be expected of him, but I, I don't think if you if he were to lose it by sort of trying out some new things, I don't think that would be the end of the world for Valtteri. So uh, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good opportunity for him to really just try and lay a marker for next year and get some good momentum to take into the winter, and then yeah, come back in 2021 sort of feeling refreshed and ending the season on a high to uh, finally take the fight to Lewis. Absolutely. It was interesting hearing uh, Bottas say in, in, in the Mercedes press conference that you know he feels he has improved in a lot of areas, didn't really expand on what they were. So I might make it my mission in the rest of the press conferences he's uh, he's in, assuming he makes it into them in qualifying in the race. And obviously the, the sessions that Mercedes will lay on on Sunday might make it my mission to, to get him to explain what they were for the rest of the weekend. Uh, but look, we should probably we should probably leave it there as this is our latest uh, bite-sized podcast episode. So thank you very much for your time and coming on the podcast tonight. And thanks to everybody listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home it's autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits 
based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply for my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov P-A-C-T. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.